Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me wherever you were joining me. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. And if you're, give, if you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure that you like, make sure you subscribe. If you're joining me on Twitter, we always appreciate you, you guys been around forever. And if you're joining me on the Facebook page, then once again, we appreciate you. Um, if you're listening on Spotify or anywhere that you get your podcast, always appreciate the 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 love um, that we get over there um, on the podcast side as well. Um, it's an interesting it's an interesting end of the week from last week. Um, I won't just say weekend because I think it started before that. Um, shout out to the Lakers for getting it done. Um, shout out to the Lakers. Shout out to the Heat. Um, isn't it funny that the teams remaining are the same four teams that are from the bubble, right? The same teams that are from the bubble. The teams that everybody said, you know, oh, they only won a championship because of the bubble. They they were only good because of the um, situation. And here the Heat are again fighting for another championship run like they've done since the bubble. Here the Lakers are again, same two guys, the same two lead guys, LeBron and AD, now older and yet still carrying their team. And they didn't take a, an easy road to get to the Western Conference Finals. Um. It was a difficult road um, going through Memphis, who was one of the highest seeds, and then going through the defending champion, Golden State Warriors, and, and that monster that is Steph Curry, and we all know what he can do when 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 he goes. So shout out to them, and, and shout out to the, to the Celtics and to the Nuggets, who are, you know, both still – hoping to cash that NBA championship dream. But for me, it starts with John ja Morant. And if you think that this John ja Morant, um, that, that what I'm about to say about John ja Morant is all negative and me heaping, you know, how stupid he is and all this other stuff on you, then you've got another thing coming. See, I tend to look at things slightly differently and not just to be a contrarian, but because I really do look at things differently. So when, when, when the buddies of mine all see that he's gotten in trouble again because he had a gun in a video, I, my immediate reaction is to agree with them, is to go, yeah, that's stupid. And then I stopped myself and I went, what did he do wrong? Like, what did he actually do that violated a policy or, or, or violated the law? Because I didn't know. And so I wanted to know, right? I wanted to know what it is that he had done. Nobody knew or no one, no one really knew, except 
it was a bad look. And I can't agree with them more. See, do I believe that do I believe that John Morant did something that that a bunch of other Americans aren't out here doing? No. We see every single day people being proud of their guns and people flaunting their guns on pictures and videos and like that's normal. I have we have a governor here in Georgia that ran a campaign ad with him and a gun. Nobody nobody looked to cancel him. He didn't get suspended. There was no op-ed pieces, right? And yes, John Morant has has a history, a past. John Morant is is if I'm not mistaken early the on the early side of his mid 20s. He's on the early side of his mid 20s. And as much as we don't like to admit it, early mid-20s dudes do some stupid stuff. But it's not cancelable stuff. It's not stuff that gets you that gets you in 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 trouble. And we don't do it. We don't usually do it a hundred and hundred or two hundred million up. We don't normally do these things 200 million up. So there's a level of immaturity with John Morant that I do believe he will get past. But then there's also a level of entitlement with John Morant because he has 200 plus million. Having all of that converge at one time, it's going to be, it's almost more than more power than one could, one should have. I know about me in my early to mid twenties, if you had given me pop, if you had given me national, if not international, popularity, access to everything that I ever wanted, and two hundred million, I would have probably been on some socials doing some things, not with the guns, but on socials doing some things that would have brought into question my character, right? Luckily for me, my mid-20s was the, the, the cell phones had not evolved to being a media, a media platform. And so I was able to avoid a lot of that stuff, thank goodness. Right? I was able to avoid having to be seen out. Or, or doing things in the car. But again, I never did anything with the guns. Because full disclosure, I hate guns. If we're being honest about it, I don't like guns at all. I don't like holding them. I don't like being around them. They make me nervous. I don't like guns. Do I know how to shoot a gun? Yes. Obviously, I do. Right? Because you have to prepare yourself for things in the event. Do I own a gun? No. Do I want to own a gun? No. So from that perspective, I don't get it. But I wonder if the issues that people have with John Morant are really issues that they have because he made a bad decision or is it just bad optics? Now, some would argue that bad decisions 
or bad optics are bad decisions. Because he's 200 up, because he has another opportunity to make another 400 plus million in his career, because he's that young, that the optics might be limiting his buying his his potential to make money. From Memphis's standpoint, this is not the time to suspend John Morant publicly. This was a time for Memphis to go, hey, we're going to do something internally and we're going to get this situation handled. Instead, they went with the low-hanging fruit. They did the they did the predictable thing, right? They did the predictable thing. Let's suspend him. Let's act as if we're appalled by what he did. Let's do it now, though, so he can be suspended for the entire offseason. And then maybe we suspend him for the first 10 games of an 82-game season, the first 15 games. Hell, the first 20, 25 games of an 82-game season. Let's suspend him for that. Get him back and let's keep rolling. Meanwhile, they're telling Dylan Brooks that Dylan Brooks is no longer welcome. The hypocrisy in Memphis is, is hilarious to me. They have, they have bred this culture. They have bred this culture where these young millionaires are free to act with the braggadocious nature of of, of some of today's hip-hop artists and or some of today's rock artists or some of today's country music stars, right? They have that level of, of, of autonomy. And then when it comes and smacks them in the face, they start trying to get rid of people and suspending people. No, Memphis, you are just as much to blame for this as they are. And so now here we are with John Moran suspended for having a gun. We don't know if he owns the gun, if it's legal, because if he owns the gun and it's legal, then what did he do wrong? The only thing anyone will tell me is he had it out. Somebody saw it. What was his homeboy doing? Why are you going live with John Moran in private moments with just you and him. There should have never been a moment where you slip up and have this man on there. Hey, Ja, I'm about to go, I'm about to go live, put the gun away. That's all it would take. Now, after that, if he brings the gun out, you know what you do? You know what you do? You stop the live, you delete the live. All of this clout chasing leaves homeboys exposed to, to show that they're not really good homeboys. At the end of the day, John needs to make better decisions because the optics are bad. The optics are bad. And you know what optics can do? Optics can get you killed. Because there's people out there who don't want to find out if you really are about that life. They'll just assume you are. And they'll take your life in order to avoid you taking their life. Because they don't know if you're about that life or not. They don't know if you're really a G like that. So optically, it's bad for John Morant. And it's a bad decision for John Morant 
because of the ramifications of the optics. But if we're going to start being high and mighty about John Morant, then we need to start being high and mighty about all of the other people that we see with guns in their hands. And not just the people who are against guns, everybody. Because there are people who, who don't mind guns and shoot guns and, and like having guns who were critical of John Morant. Okay, cool. I'm with it. Be critical. Now go be critical of all these other people who are out here with guns. Don't leave it just for the young for, for the young black millionaire because he's in a car listening to hip-hop music and his homeboy is talking that talk. Like, don't just, don't just single it out because the optics look a certain way. I want you to get on that dude who's in the family photo and all of his kids have guns in their hands. Jump on that guy too. Jump on that mom too. I want you to get on the guy who's out with his son hunting, quote unquote, hunting, killing, killing, killing animals senselessly. Jump on them too. Don't just leave the smoke for Ja. Jump on the people who are using the gun. Not just the person who's got the gun out for a second in a video clip. Don't be so laser focused in on your one thing. Take care of the entire the entirety. And now we're talking. Now we can have some real change. Instead, it's just what everybody's on for the day. That's it. It's just what everybody's on for the day. Oh, John Morant. Oh, John Morant did something else stupid. Oh, John Morant. Well, well, what do you what did you feel the need to to tweet it for? If you just saw a tweet from somebody else saying it, you had to be on record as saying you were against it, huh? Because that's the wave. Cool. You know what I'm against? I'm against firing good coaches. Mike Budenholzer and um, Lee Williams, both good basketball coaches who just a couple seasons ago played in the NBA Finals or coached in the NBA Finals. Boonehoser with his with his with his team and Williams with his team. Boonehoser got the best of the matchup that that year. Monty Williams lost. Two years later, both of them are back in the playoffs as high seeds. Except Monty Williams has a completely different restructuring of his team because ownership decided to go out and get Kevin Durant from the Nets and gave up six of their of their of their players that were all valuable that all helped blew up the team chemistry the team camaraderie and then when and then when Monty Williams team loses to the number 1 seed in the playoffs in the Western Conference you fire him well man that's presumptuous. You just fire him. He brought your team. He brought your team from trash to treasure with an old Chris Paul 
and the Devin Booker that shoots the ball eight billion times. No other stars. No other player that even remotely looks like a star. He brought them to the finals. Then you gave him an aging star in Kevin Durant, who was coming off injury, who's still getting everything together and figuring out how to work in this offense. And you and, and that's all you give him? You don't even give him a full year with this team intact the way it is? Oh, by the way, Chris Paul got hurt. Surprise, surprise, Chris Paul always gets hurt in, in the playoffs. Chris Paul got hurt, but they didn't really have anybody else because you traded away all their assets for Kevin Durant. You give that man one season, or, or excuse me, uh, a few games with that lineup together, and then you fire him. You don't even let him get a full season. You don't even let him get the first half of next season. Budenholzer won a championship. A championship should automatically, unless you do something that's illegal, a championship should automatically get you three more years on the bench. At least. They were the number one seed. His best player, the back-to-back MVP, got hurt. Other players were hurt. What are these? What are these GMs and owners doing out here? Who are you getting better in the NBA than than, than, than Monty Williams? If you're looking around for coaches, who are you bringing in that's going to do a better job than Monty Williams did? Hell, I could see both teams just trading coaches. I could see Phoenix hiring Budenholzer. I could see Milwaukee hiring Monty Williams. Why? Because they're both really good coaches. And you should not be out here getting rid of really good coaches. It's an awful look. It's not just bad optics. It's just bad decisions. Those are bad decisions. It was a bad decision when Atlanta got rid of Budenholzer. Look how that's worked out for them since, right? And it's it was a bad idea when I think it was New Orleans got rid of Monty Williams. Look how it's worked out for them since. And it's going to be bad for both of these franchises, even if they have success, right? Because another coach is going to come in. They're going to inherit that talent. They're going to have success. But if they don't win a championship, then it was a failed experiment. They have made the bar as high as it can possibly be for whomever the next coach is. Because now that next coach, their only way to success, the only way to say that they have been successful is not to be the number one seed. It's not to advance in the playoffs. Is to win a championship. That's the only thing that's going to satisfy an owner. Why? Because these two coaches made it there and still got fired. They still got fired. I don't understand it. I'll never get it. It's some of the silliest stuff I see. And it just tells us that these owners don't think that coaching matters. They don't believe coaching matters. If you'll fire the, this level of coach, this caliber of coach, then what you're saying is that coaching matters. I mean, does it matter? People are talking about New York making changes. 
I could see it. Why? He hasn't gotten them to the promised land yet. Maybe he's taking them as far as he can go. He's had time. But I wouldn't be so quick to do it unless I was going to get one of these two dudes, preferably a Monty Williams for, for New York. I don't see a need to go and get, go and pull Jay Wright out of Moth Balls. Why would you go and, and, and try to get a coach who is retired from college a few years away from the game to come and coach NFL when his entire ability to win in the college level was predicated on something that you cannot do in the NBA. You can't do it. You don't have enough time. Bad optics and bad decisions. You know, it wasn't a bad decision. It was not a bad decision for Jason Tatum to shoot last night. Boy, did he shoot. Marvelously. I mean, he was cooking. When I tell you this man was out here busting his gun, he was cooking. And nobody had answers for him. Nobody. Not the MVP. None of those guards. None of those forwards. Nobody had an answer for Jason Taylor. You know why? Because he's really good when he's locked in. The question I have is why is he not always locked in? That stretch that he had from the fourth quarter of game six through game seven is some of the best basketball I have ever seen. You can't go back to, to regular. You can't go back to ho-hum. You can't go back to, oh, I had a, you don't get off nights anymore. Your off night has to be something that's still impressive. It has to be LeBron-like. When LeBron has an off night, it's still 18 and, and, and 8 and 5. It's still 22, 6 and 6. And, 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 and I'm talking about this LeBron, not prime LeBron. Prime LeBron's off night was a was a was a, a 17 point triple double. You gotta be different. You gotta be different. And you have to be different all the time. That's what makes those people those people. But man, shout out to him last night. One man band came out, gunned everybody down. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. You gotta respect it. And now here we go on to the on to the conference finals. I'm looking forward to it. Make sure y'all catch the newest Zebra Strikes podcast. Um, it'll be coming soon this week. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. To do this thing a few times a week, rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five star ratings are appreciated. And if you're joining me on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. Till next time, peace.